This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm El Fecador Laurie Blake and I am joined by Adam Lompier. How are you, mate? All right. Yeah, I'm all right. Doing okay. Doing okay. Well, not going to lie to you, Laurie. I'm not going to patronize you by saying I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. Like, I'm not good. I'm not bad. I'm existing in this endless COVID void. Surviving, not thriving is the, uh, I think, the correct term. So also surviving, not necessarily thriving, was this week's NXT, which despite a couple of big announcements and setups for matches in the future was a little bit strained and a little bit silly for maybe our taste, but more on that in the show, which is coming up right now. Should Keith Lee be the first ever NXT double champion? Hello, you're watching the Russell Talk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. And yes, there is now the potential that either Keith Lee, Finn Balor, someone else, and Adam Cole, who I've forgotten, uh, could end up being a double champion. Johnny Gargano is the guy in NXT. Sorry, there's been a lot of things happening this morning. I'm very addled. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, this this all came out of a, a segment in which Adam Cole came out to big himself up on this week's edition of NXT after having a very brief backstage interaction with Keith Lee after having a uh, therapy session with the rest of the Undisputed Era that didn't quite go to plan, but we'll do more on that later. Excuse me. So Cole comes out and he says, I've been the champion for 381 days. Keith Lee's music hits. He comes down to the ring and says, yeah, you might have uh, Karrion Cross looking for you, but actually I'm going to be the one to take that title from you. And he starts to big up the idea that it might be sort of an all or nothing deal between the two of them. This prompts Johnny Gargano to arrive and say that he beat Keith Lee the week before, even though uh, Johnny was less interested in saving his wife from being crushed to death. Um, uh, Keith Keith says about Candice. And then uh, that also prompts Finn Balor to arrive, who has also been sort of setting his sights on the North American title. This all culminates in Typical WWE, four people arguing over the same thing. William Regal skypes in, uh, somehow skypes into the Tron and says, uh, well, we're going to do, we're going to settle this the only way we know how, which is Keith Lee is going to defend the North American title against Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor next week. And then in three weeks time, I think on July the 4th, um, whoever wins that match, whoever is the North American champion will challenge Adam Cole and the winner takes all. So, 
we are on the cusp of getting the first ever double champion in NXT. Who do you want it to be, Adam? <laughs> Keith Lee, please. Uh, I don't, that's the thing is like, I don't think. <sighs> do you think I, it's happening? I think is probably the bigger uh, question. I, I, I want it to be Keith Lee. I think had everything, had he not done one thing, uh, I think that we might have got uh, Keith Lee double champion. Now I don't think we might. I don't know. So basically, uh, Keith Lee smashed uh, Carrion's egg timer backstage, uh, and we saw him get very cross about that. He stood on a bit of glass. He saw his little boot heel. That suggests to me that he's going to come in and, and take Keith Lee out of next week's match. And then, like, Finn Balor, I guess, would be would be a good double champ uh not johnny gargano please uh like I, I guess like he's the new nxt so maybe they're gonna whack all the gold on johnny gargano that feels a little tone deaf i don't know um i mean he is sticking around and he is sort of mr nxt uh finn balor uh maybe i mean that would be interesting at least uh because but yeah, no, like I, it had Keith Lee literally not smashed that hourglass. I would be just like, Keith Lee, double champ, can't yeah, wait, going to be great. Toys. Don't you don't, summon him if you break his toys? Why are you poking Karrion Cross? He no, murders no. people. But at um, least, that, I mean, but if 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 you're going to cost Keith Lee the belt, doing it in a triple threat match and having Karrion Cross interfere at least tells you how highly they rate Keith Lee's power ranking. Like he's hmm. he's power ranking 101, and it takes five people to taken down he's the thanos of uh nxt at this moment he needs the full the full complement of avengers um i i don't know a bit of me smells a schmoz coming uh this is this is i just don't think they're gonna do a double champion um and i just feel like we're gonna end up in like a, a count out or something it's good oh, however, however, however they can, i know i it know it's you. very neg- it's a very negative viewpoint to have but i just think that not on a takeover they're just on a regular episode of nxt they're going to crown a double champion no surely not i mean i would love i would i would love it to be keith lee again i don't i think the carrying cross influence is going to play here i don't think johnny gargano i think i think you'd be better off putting the women's title on candice first and then building johnny to be like the double like building johnny to be a champion again um Again, this feud, that sort of their their storyline is the wrong way around because I think it should be, uh, yeah, it should be Johnny backing up Candice, not Johnny continuing to do Johnny's stuff and forgetting about Candice again, unless you're going to do it to give them a divorce. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, like, you've got Finn or Cole to be the, the double champion. Adam Cole was a really good way to cement him as, like, his legacy is the greatest NXT performer ever. But I think Finn Balor is the better choice. Because I think Cole, the, the the roster of the main is calling for Cole. It's uh, it's scratching at the window saying, let me in, Cole, or come here, Cole, or whatever roster's saying <laughs> windows. So I think maybe they might, I don't know, like it depends. Because obviously July, I think it's 8th, July 8th, the episode of NXT is coming up. Like it's it's not too, too far away. Um, it may be that Ka- like Keith Lee wins, win- becomes double champion, and then is immediately fed to Carrion Cross. Um, and in fact, maybe Carrion might help him just get to that point, just so he can like literally take everything from Keith Lee because you broke my clock. Um, <laughs> and we don't have loads of those. <laughs> no, damn it. Um, that was custom made. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I, I'm not quite as gnarled and cynical as you. I think NXT will will crown the double champion, if only because I know that uh, Boy Who Cried Wolf, Like you've, there's only so many times you can say you'll do stuff and not deliver. Re- y'all remember WCW? Uh, I think they, they will follow through because I don't think they are. Uh, NXT is that much of a charlatan. Uh, I, think, I think, yeah, I think it's also worth noting that, like, it's funny that this this really big angle has appeared one, you know, almost one week to the day after we had all the discussion of uh, WWE ratings and Vince being annoyed at NXT not getting good ratings, um, and the notion that they're going to send more main roster talent down there, which this show also had. The notion that you know, like, putting on these really big marquee matches and actually having them pay off 
is something that is going to attract an audience to that show. And I think you need, again, like why people used to watch NXT is because the stuff that happened on the show mattered. Like when they built to a title match, usually the title match paid off. When they went to TV, they had a lot of title matches and not a lot of title changes and not a lot of, like not a lot really happening. Like a lot of sort of status quo maintaining. And obviously the current situation has pushed us into really maintaining the status quo. So I think this could be getting back on that right track of being like, now we are back to being the relentless momentum machine that is mm-hmm. NXT constantly building to amazing pay-per-views. Um, and yeah, hopefully building to just a really, really big episode, like a blockbuster episode of NXT and a complete shift in the dynamic of how the the men's division there runs. Yeah. Like, do, and do you I think th- a double champion is a good idea? Um <sighs> It's tricky. Um, I, I, I think it's a good idea for the ratings, as long as they actually pull the trigger, and because that will just bugger up any any hype they try and do in the future. Like you j- just don't bite the hands of the fans. Like if you if you're hyping them in, pay pay it off, and then we'll come back next time. Um, I I think. Well, I mean, it's a good idea from an in ring standpoint. I mean, next week's match is gonna like as long as they don't kind of like overbook things go for swerves as long as they don't wcw this we've got i mean like next week's card is stacked um the card after that is is um well the july 8th show is going to be amazingly stacked like i yeah like it's it's i think it's a good idea in terms of just like building the hype of nxt um and also god yeah whoever wins uh that match against cole is going to be amazing mm-hmm. like um yeah, yeah i think and this is the thing he's worked with so he's worked with Balor before. He's worked with Gargano before. He's not. Has he worked one on one with Keith Lee properly? Oh no, I don't believe so. No. So I feel like that is the one. That's the one I really want to see. And I, you know, I obviously want to see Keith Lee be the double champion. But um, yeah, I just think that is a really good way to to position Keith. I think, like we were saying, like we were saying last week, Keith and Karrion Cross as your two top guys, just batting at each other like. You can you can basically recreate the Dijakovic feud, but mm. with Karrion Cross being even more destructive with Keith Lee, and it is literally just like uh, kaiju's going at it. Like you know what I mean? I, just, I think it has that sort of like there's an anime feel to these two titans having battles. Um, yeah, I think I think also like I think it's really interesting that yeah, this 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 booking has multiple stages to it, right? There's, there's we've got next week and we know then in three weeks' time. And I think that is something that's been drastically missing from a lot of wrestling recently, is this any sense that anything is building anywhere or that you just sort of know the roadmap for stuff, especially NXT, which you know, takeover in your house was kind of announced very close to the time. Normally, you know, months and months in advance when there's gonna be a takeover it feels like we're back in sort of the rhythm now. And this is like we were hoping for last week. This this feels like a sort of flag in the sand of saying like, you know, this is the direction of NXT now. This is the way to go. Follow this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So let's talk about the rest of the show because there were some other interesting bits and bobs that came out of it. Um, first off, the, the show opened with uh, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel taking on Bree Zango or Imperium versus Emporium. Um, the dream match. <laughs> the dream match. I love the entrance. Um, again, when they said last week, yeah, we do entertain the entrances, but it's time to get our heads in the game. Did they? <laughs> they, they just, you know, like we said last, like we said last week, Breezango never really felt like proper contenders. This was just a bit of fun, and this ended in what, how NXT likes to end bits of fun, which is a load of people came out and had a big brawl. So we had Indushare come out and start sort of getting in people's faces at ringside. Then Lorcan and Birch arrived to sort of beat up Indushare. Um, this caused a distraction, which allowed uh, well, Fandango rolled up Bartel. But Eichner was actually the legal man. So Eichner just picked him up, DDT'd him, and then rolled him up and won the match. So, I mean, not a very good finish for... That uh, really sells the intelligence of Brizango here, who I think as much as they sort of said the Emporium thing was a bit of a joke, like, it's a, it's a pretty good parody. So that takes some intelligence to know that that would be quite funny. And here we've got two guys just struggling to even know who's legal in the match because too much has happened at ringside. This this is the kind of NXT stuff I don't really like. Um, I don't really like title matches ending in constant schmozzes, and I think the tag titles are particularly bad for it, and they have been for a long time because they were quite often around the waist of the Undisputed Era, and to keep them around those waists, they, they fudged a lot of finishes I think it's I I don't mind it as much as you just because I quite like it as a division establisher. Like I quite like just saying like these are the these are the teams in contention. These are them. Look at all of them working together at one time because I think the undisputed era had a little bit of a kind of nullifying effect on the tag division for mm. a while. I mean obviously Broserweights came back but then they're gone and they're broken up now. Uh so there was a little kind of like period in NXT time like recently the last few months where people have been like oh what what is the tag division now? And so I I get it I think the optics wise it'd be just like this is a tag division. Rah! Uh, and I don't know if that that is then going to translate into a number one contenders match between Indushare, Brizango, and um, uh, Only Lorcan, or if they're just going to go straight into the Fatal Four Way uh, tag team um, mm. uh, match. And, you know, like because I, I I I don't mind it because I yeah I do believe I do think that division needs kind of like. Uh, like a bit of a hard reset or at least I think I think it's had one and I think they are now finally giving us a look at who only Lorcan and Danny Birch are they've mm -hmm. been a tag team for ages and we, like we've never even known anything about them uh Indushare are interesting and in anything to get Malcolm Bivens on the show um and then yeah Imperium new champs if anything if anything I think yeah maybe Breezango do slide out of this title picture if anyone but I, I thought while the match was happening, it was fine enough. It was very short uh, for what it was. There's some good um, action in this. I really liked when Eichner dumps Breeze with like the back body drop into the barrier. That looked absolutely vicious. Fandango's hot tag ending in the big Tope Conilo was was also really, really fun. Like there, there, there was good work between these teams here. I just, once it broke down, I was like, oh, the inevitable breakdown of a tag match. <laughs> Especially when it's like when they'd already hyped this show to be like, there are two main events and we're starting off with one of them. And, that you know, I was just like, well, you know, nothing nothing will change. No, nothing will happen. Good matches, but nothing will happen. Speaking of tag division as well, um, uh, Dexter Loomis really wants to be a tag champion, apparently. We finally worked out what he wants. He yeah. wants to be best friends with the American, uh, with the Velveteen Dream and uh, and become tag team champions with him. So I'm, I'm guessing that's going to just be a kind of like, no, 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 yes. And then yes. they'll probably be the next 
uh, tag champs. Well, so I'm really, I'm really hoping that ends in the sort of fatal four way number one contenders, and that's maybe maybe Loomis just inserts himself into that match as a one man team, and then midway through the match, Dream comes out and is like, "I will be your partner." Tag, <laughs> <laughs> you know. In, in a sort of almost in almost in a reverse, and that would almost be in that reverse of uh, when Loomis came out to be the tag partner of Dream in the handicap match that he wasn't in, and you'd get that kind of moment play out backwards. I've just worked that out. That might be where they're going with it. I'm quite surprised. I'd actually really like that. I think I think they make a really fun team. Um, you know, Loomis has got the look and the the sort of the the gravitas behind him but has obviously had a slightly goofy presentation which i think plays really well with dream um and his ability to talk and stuff and yeah i think they would actually make for a fascinating pairing yeah um, and i'm, yeah, I'm and, all and, in for him yeah. and something really genuinely quite funny i quite like this sort of loomis artistry um like you said last week hopefully we get the sort of paint me like one of your french dreams moments <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm into it. I'm really into it. I, I, I like two of them. Uh, we also got Priest versus Killian Dane for the millionth time in NXT. This was Priest getting his heat back, essentially. Uh, Priest Jacks is back quite early in the match, and Dane starts properly beating him down. But uh, towards the end, Damian Priest manages to reverse out something big 360 kick and then he hits the reckoning for the win heat regained do you i don't do you have a sort of sense of what they might be doing with damien priest or are they just sort of keeping him on the boil god i thought you were going to ask me do you have any sense of what they're doing with killian dane oh, like, yeah, no, well, no i didn't i i like i i i love big demo got a got a real soft spot for him for obvious reasons um I was very sad that they seem to have forgotten that he works there, considering that he seemed to be coming back with a bit of something with that feud Ooh, yeah. with um, Matt Riddle. But um, Priest, it feels like they're just kind of like, yeah, keeping that mid-card plate spinning, keep him there for a little bit, maybe position him for North American in a like a few months' time. You've got, yeah, Basically, he's got three weeks to wait before anything is even a look in yeah. on any belt. Uh Keep him as a good hand. Well, that's the thing is like NXT, I think, is sort of done a pretty good job of m not revolving everything around the titles. Yes. Because um, I think titles do need to be important and people, you should always want a title because it means more money. But NXT um, have done a pretty good job of that's not the only way you make an impact. So if Priest continues his whole wanting his name to live forever thing, um, I think maybe like... I sort of like him versus gargano would be mm. would be fun like now that priest is a face which is i guess like i don't really buy him as a face but yeah know, I, I i i'm happy with what happy enough with what they're doing with him it's just yeah it's a bit it's a bit muddy yeah because like yeah faith like is he really a like i don't i don't really well, know he, like he's he sort did of... that at finn balor yeah and then um cameron grimes was a was a dick and oh, yeah. i so believe grimes Cameron... next for him which is yeah grimes has slashed his grimes has slashed his tires mm -hmm. like there's a lot of, there's a lot of pranking going on in modern nxt i really <laughs> hope that bruce pritchard isn't writing this as well because yeah like um like well, you you see people getting kidnapped <laughs> and, and and getting or, you know, carted away on stretchers, and now tires are being slashed. It's a very unsafe work environment. People are now that you know William Regal isn't coming to work and skyping in. People are really taking the piss now. Yeah, it's like really it's like a sort of uh, supply teacher. Drake, the referee, is just yeah. having absolute rings run around him. Yeah, I so Priest versus Grimes. Like I felt like Grimes was getting this momentum behind him earlier this year as well and you know they you know and last year when they sort of did the breakout tournament and all that kind of stuff like grimes seemed to be on the rise and then he's been pushed into yeah you're kind of this this goofy guy now and you're gonna you know do the sort of oh my jaw hurts and i'm gonna chat with the ladies and i'm gonna slash someone's tires and drive off laughing at them sort of maniacally <laughs> it's yeah i don't know like I don't, this isn't the mid card I hope for uh, in that sense. If that if this is the plates they're keeping spinning, like I felt like everyone came in with such gravitas as well. Like a, a, 
you know, they immediately put Cameron Grimes in a stupid little hat. So they did take away a lot of his sort of gusto there. They cut him off at the knees really early. But I think people like Priest and Dane and um, like Dijakovic to some degree, like these are people who are going to look at their sort of NXT career and go, they kind of were wasted potential, to, like for, especially for this early bit. They're kind of getting to a lesser degree because they're getting featured a lot more. They're getting the Keith Lee treatment that Keith Lee got for that first year he was in NXT before they were like, oh, yeah, you've got that match with Dijak, don't you? So just go do the Dijak match for for three months and then we'll give you the North American title. Mm. That'd be great, you know. There's a just a... I almost swore because I don't like it. There's such a... There was such a lot of comedy on this episode of NXT. And there's been a lot of comedy in NXT for a while now. And I don't know what shifted and I don't like it because NXT is not famed... You know, like that's not why we turn in for NXT for the funny, because mm. we had several things like like isolated bits is fine, but then you sort of diminish other people. Like Velveteen Dream was for a long time one of the funniest acts going, but that's only because he was in super serious NXT. Yeah. You know, he he was that kind of bolt of weirdness. But now you've got Dexter Loomis. Now you've got Vomit. Now you've got Thatcher's Thatch Can. Now you've got the weird psychiatrist. Uh, now you've got, you know, slashing tires, uh, you know, hyper camp southern rascal Cameron yeah. Grimes. Uh, you've got Champ Champ Bebe. You've got um, oh Keith Lee becoming a comedian suddenly and talking about how Candice, you know, got the most action whilst he was holding her unconscious body. It's just like, I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it's funny now. Why is NXT funny? This is all the because. new bros. You did this, Matt Riddle. You did this. No, this isn't. This isn't the bros. This is. This is because they've got to. You've got to fill a wrestling show, um, in a in a world in which you ideally don't want to do wrestling, uh, and so and so the only way to do a wrestling show where you don't want wrestling to happen is to not build to anything. So you just have people turn up and make jokes at each other and do silly things I because that then you can put off the wrestling. Because like, what could have happened this week is that Roderick Strong confronted Dexter Loomis to set up a match, but then we'd have to have the match. So it's better to do like the the psychiatrist thing and keep that away. And Loomis is now looking to be tatting partners of Elton Dream. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that this is. I think this is more like a symptom of uh, timing than anything else. And I think yeah. Like you probably noticed that all the wrestling matches have got a lot shorter on TV. So I think this is part of the reason that they need more padding in shows and comedy is a way to do that without like constantly upping the stakes until it is on the boil and then you have to pay off on something. Go on. Can we talk about the fact that uh, Robert Stone projectile sprayed bodily fluids at another wrestler during a global pandemic? Mm-hmm. So the vomit stuff, I was never going to like anyway. I am not Vince McMahon, and I don't like it when people blow chunks in each other's faces. But especially with the optics of you've just had a development talent um, register positive for COVID and you've just tested everyone in your company, maybe just cut this segment. You don't have to show it. Just throw in like another video package. Take three more minutes of Kyle O'Reilly, the therapist. You don't have to show someone spewing literally a cloud of their own fluids that have been in their mouth at a ring which has three other people in it. The the, the tone deafness. Like I'm I, I I don't want to get sanctimonious about it, but just like it's it's a it is a like a symptom like you say of like I think this this kind of uh, preference of like skits over wrestling because you, yeah, you don't want to blow all your good wrestling on no fans, but like this, it like I, I got properly shaken and angry watching mm-hmm. that. I, I, not because it's not funny and it isn't funny, um, but it's just WWE, how, how bad you, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just such a boneheaded PR move and a, and a needless risk. And, and like, does nothing for anyone involved in it. Like, you know, the pairing, like, if we're going for a pairing of Robert Stone and Aaliyah, that just doesn't feel like that. Aaliyah has been enhancement talent in NXT for the entire time that she's been there. She's only ever been used as such. Pairing her with luckless loser that they've now made Robert Stone just in visual terms before the spew, like 
does nothing for anyone there. Zaya Lee getting sort of uh, rolled up and even that being slightly fluffed doesn't botched, do much yeah. here. Like, it, this was just a terrible segment of the show. And like, you know, and it was, it started off with kind of like Zaya Lee, again, another, another sort of, permanent talent who seems a bit directionless like she's never really had a had a good go of things but she's great she's like she was destroying Aaliyah with these brilliant kicks for most of the match which was really good and then it was just all to to further this sort of obsessive storyline they have with Robert Stone which I think should have just either give him someone of a level like Chelsea Green to represent but you never really paid off on that when you had Chelsea Green with him because she lost most of her matches as well or just drop him for a bit, like just take him off TV, like either get him with the person that he's going to sign quickly and drop all this nonsense or take him off TV and bring him back when you're ready to pair Robert Stone with someone like who is his next signee on that brand? Because trying him trying to find them by being drunk and disorderly and vomiting on people is, yeah, like you said, really bad optics for this exact moment in time. Not very funny and doesn't do anyone any, like, when he does eventually pair with someone, that's actually just immediately going to bring them down. In turn, Like, you know, unless he's going to be paired with a super, like, another super sort of gross, scatty heel character, like... It's not, no, I don't mean scatty in that way. I mean scatty and sort of like. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, oh my God, just pair, pair him with grout. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, so like, I, I mean, like, yeah, if they're going to pair him up with someone, I actually think his presence is going to diminish that person now because of the way he's been presented so far. So yeah, I don't, it just doesn't do anything for anyone um, and, it, and didn't make me laugh. And I don't think it would have made many people laugh. So it wasn't worth it. Again, another thing that didn't particularly make me laugh, but I, I at least prefer the direction it's going in is Thatcher's Thatch Can, which was the next thing on the show where uh, Timothy Thatcher was teaching a, a bunch of people how to put, uh, properly apply a Fujiwara armbar by saying, this is the Fujiwara armbar. You might think the arm can only really bend this far back, but if you really go for it, like, so I wonder, I imagine the big payoff for this series of vignettes is going to be that all of his students are bloodied and broken um, and wanting to quit, and that's probably like this feels like one of those those jokes with a punchline that you can see coming a mile off. Um, mm. I don't, I don't mind it. I just again don't know if this is the best packaging of Thatcher. I don't, I don't think it is. He's not on that comedic level that someone like your Matt Riddle is, who I think has the Imrian skills and the comedic skills to sort of tread that line carefully and it kind of feels like what they are attempting to do with Thatcher is put him immediately into Riddle's slot um, yeah it's it's I, I I much preferred it like of all the comedy segments uh, I'll, I'll I think I my favorite I guess just because it was understated at least like yeah I love how blase is about hurting people just be like and he, you know what if you actually step forward with your knee you really get that tension mm. and yeah, and you just hear the guy then swear, and he just and he completely just kind of moves past it. And I just thought, ah, oh, that, that's that's fun, that's fine. Um, I think that's actually a smart, that's a smart presentation of it's sort of like her angle, but like more restrained. Just like at no point diminishing the fact that he will hurt you, but also just uh, giving him a little bit of personality, just because he's not going to be the world beater right now. That's Karrion mm. Cross. So there's, you need to give him another dimension to his character in order to give him like a place on the card. And I thought, yeah, fine. Um, no, no problems. No problems here. I, I, it didn't make me laugh, but it made me kind of give me a wry smile. Yeah. I think it, well, I think it works better in the presentation of him alone as well. Like, I think, you know, the, the, the point of that, this is the this is the correct point in this scenario is that you know his here Thatcher is being Thatcher and the joke is that everyone else sort of has to deal with it and the the his blase like you said his blase attitude towards violence is kind of like it's his effect on other people that's funny whereas when he was paired with Riddle it was genuinely trying to sort of be on the comedic level of Matt Riddle while Matt Riddle drags you into increasingly wacky scenarios. Um, do you remember the game show? We'll do a game show. But like, this is. <laughs> Matt Riddle broke still, NXT. Matt still, Riddle broke still. NXT. Yeah. So like, yeah, they did. I, and it's, I think it's that thing of like, it, it works better because it's him alone and you just get, you do get a little bit of a better sense of his character. It wasn't amazing comedy, but it was 
a step in the right direction. Uh, we then had amazing comedy. Yeah, speaking of not amazing comedy, we then had the Undisputed Era taking Roderick Strong to see a therapist to talk about the Dexter Loomis scenario. I now just think that they're gaslighting Strong. Like, like you said last, like you said last, you said last week, Bobby Fish, like, was there and was kidnapped by Loomis and was put in the trunk and held. So when Roddy's seeing him in the audience, going, he's there, he stood there, and then they're turning around and not seeing him in the audience. Fish should at least be like, well, he's capable of that. He's quite scary. Like I, I you know, I was kidnapped and I was dehydrated, and you know, we 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 made a big deal out of it over social media over the last few days. Like Cole was, you know, tweeting out the story as it happened. Then last week, Fish is just like, nah, mate, you're crazy. <laughs> How like it's nuts that you would even be bothered by this man. Like he just puts in a trunk for twelve hours, and that's no big deal. That happens yeah. to me all the time. And then this week to go, we're gonna don't worry. Roddy, we're going to help you out. We're going to get you the help you need to deal with this Loomis issue. And rather than go see a registered psychiatrist, they just got Kyle O'Reilly to dress up in glasses and talk to Roddy. It feels that's that's like gaslighting 101, isn't it? Like like changing people's perception of reality. It's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very flattered that the Undisputed Era have both uh, seen and loved No Rolls Bard, uh, bringing in the German psychiatrist <laughs> character. Um, like, yeah, get, if you're watching this, get yourselves better friends than who would, like, mm. if you're suffering from PSD, would tell you, no, you're not. You're ridiculous. Get in the, get in the trunk and face your fears. You deserve better <laughs> friends than that, Roderick Strong. These are these are not your buddies. Imagine if this is the way that the undisputed era breaks up as well. Like after like all the work they did before, where it was teased that Roddy might leave because he was the one getting blamed by Adam Cole. Like I get that this might be a way to sort of again bring Roddy back into being the the black sheep of the undisputed era and the sort of put upon fourth man. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if it's the way to do it. It's like it doesn't it's just a bit too goofy for me. Like I think before when they were sort of putting all of their failures on Roddy, that, that made more sense in the sort of the egomania of someone like an Adam Cole or uh, a Bobby Fish. Like this just, I don't know, just feels really weird. Like this is quite a good way to position Roddy as a baby face, but then he's also, scared of Dexter Loomis so you don't necessarily buy him as a competitor at the same time it's one of those weird catch-22 situations like I don't really know how we get out of this with Roddy looking good yeah I think as well like I don't think I would care as much if Adam Cole wasn't the NXT champion and was involved in serious storylines involving you know winner take all and a killer coming for him um I I, I kind of wished it literally they did it back to back they did goofball segment with him and the psychiatrist and being just like, oh, now we got to go and get Roddy because he's running all the way to AEW where it's a slightly safer work environment. Um, and that immediately then cut to Cole backstage being confronted by Keith Lee. It's just like, ah, these, these don't really go together. I, I, like, I get that they're maybe doing like an Undisputed Era is crumbling thing, but yeah, I don't know if Goofy's the the way to sell that now Let, let's see how it pays off i guess because yeah there are some good matches in our future yeah i think also because like you know if you wanted to like if if in my perfect world in when in which keith lee wins and becomes the double champion i want keith lee to beat all of the undisputed era to do that i don't want him to just beat adam cole i want them to go full undisputed era snakes and do the like try to cheat to win and i want keith lee someone who has already taken all four of them to task on his own to do that again and win the match and be like, well, you know, that's just how good I am. I am actually limitless because that's better than we've already set up the Undisputed Era as this sort of crumbling mess. And that's how Keith is going to capitalize on that to win the title or whoever's going to capitalize on that to win the title. I guess I wouldn't be so, I don't think I'd be that sure as bothered if it was a Gargano or Balor in that match and they win through that mechanism but yeah with Keith Lee I kind of want the Undisputed Era looking strong going into that I I I quite like the idea of like it's one man up against four dudes and Keith Lee still comes out on top yeah 
Uh, we then got, uh, so yeah, we then got the sort of confrontation between Cole and everyone. Keith Lee then uh, went backstage and was getting interviewed and Candice LeRae got up in his face uh, saying, how dare you say that about me in the ring? But she was attacked by Mia Yim and they sort of brawled out of television, off the show. Um, after that, Caden Carter came out with Casey Catanzara to take on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh can you guess where this is going? <laughs> when you saw, when I saw Casey Catanzaro, I went, ah, I know which team is losing. It wasn't a team. It was it was one-on-one. Catanzaro uh, was just in Carter's corner, ineffectually. <laughs> she, at one point, dived onto Gonzalez to sort of try and stop Gonzalez interfering in the match, who just <laughs> spotted her like a fly. Uh Kai then managed to roll up Carter, um, and then as they sort of rolled out of that, uh, Kai locked in a submission and got Carter to tap. This was just momentum building for Kai, keeping yeah. her and Gonzalez looking strong. Um, they have wrestled on, I think, most of the NXT shows. Like they've been, they've been a featured act pretty much every week on NXT, and I can't really see that stopping. It would be good to see them, like what's next for them, because I think like Kai was. The Tegan Knox thing was Kai's thing for ages, right? Like that that was part of her her, her and Knox together and then breaking up and then um the feud. And that's when Gonzalez came on the scene. And as soon as Gonzalez came on the scene, Kai started actually started losing again. Um and then they've sort of stabilized now to Gonzalez and Kai can squash the level of Casey Catanzaro and uh Caden Carter. But I'm interested to see really what happens with that pairing and what feud they end up in, like in that mid-tier level of the women's division. Oh, I want to see them actually have a storyline going forwards now. I don't want to just see them beating down everyone. Uh, we then got a package for... Oh, we then That's when we then saw um, Cross and Scarlet finding the broken hourglass and all of the sand. Out of shot was obviously the dustpan and brush. Um, <laughs> we then saw a Mercedes Martinez package. So she's clearly due for a comeback, which is great because she is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bronson Reed then made his return to NXT to take on Leon Ruff, the smallest jobber they could find. Uh, and I, yeah, my notes just says Bronson Reed versus Leon Ruff. Someone wants his heat back. Uh, <laughs> Reed runs him over, hits him with a senton and a big splash. That is the end of the match. Bronson then cuts a promo saying, you know, I'm here to make some noise. I'm going to do the one thing that no one is doing. I'm calling out Karrion Cross. Uh, so we're going to have the beef match next week, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, Bronson Reed is going to die. So his, yes. good luck getting your heat back there. Uh, we then saw the the tire slashing segment with Priest and Cameron Grimes driving off cackling maniacally <laughs> as he went. Uh, and then uh, El Hio del Fantasma came out as Santos Escobar uh, saying he was, he had a little package saying he was one of the best Lucha Libre artists ever. Um, but he says that he knew he was, he wanted to be a leader and wanted to build a legacy. He was then interrupted by Drake Maverick. I can't remember what exactly what Drake Maverick said here. He said something about like... Drake Maverick said, I'm an idiot, and then ran for the three men. <laughs> yeah. People think I'm an idiot. Wish I am. Wee! I wonder what will happen. Oh, no, I've had my spine broken through a... Oh. So, NXT's had a few botch, bad botches of recent weeks. Shotzi almost killed herself. And now... I mean, you could maybe package it... <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, what the thing with a table spot, right? As most people know, is actually uh, if you're going to power bomb someone onto the concrete or do the uh, phantom driver onto the concrete, it's much safer to do it through a table because that breaks your fall. However, Santos Escobar, heel that he is, decided to break his own fall and smash um, poor Drake Maverick right onto the concrete, mm-hmm. right on his shoulders and his back literally santos escobar had the nicest possible landing with that just jumped on a little table bum just kissed the ground while straight maverick just right on the right on the ground obviously not intentional but like that's a really mm, it was really horrible there was was a good like 40 seconds before it happened where I could see it happening because I there was that they did that they did like a, a shot where they sort of pulled back and there was obviously this little um 
staging area that they were stood on and the table was right next to it and mendoza and wild both grab an edge of the table and dragged it ooh, i'm gonna say an inch from where he was supposedly jumping from and i was just yeah. like this isn't gonna take two dudes uh horrible i mean yeah and this is the th i don't i don't know if drake is all right or not uh he was wheeled out on a stretcher so they're clearly gonna play up the injured angle regardless like i think that's kind of you know what's going to have to happen now um they, they didn't necessarily do loads for drake's character the the sort of positioning of this anyway that the sort of basically saying yeah people say i'm a bit of an idiot Way, way, <laughs> like his, yeah. I don't really get that. Um, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. He got his. He just like three three dudes come to the ring. Um, they've established the the name. It is uh, El Legaro del Fantasma. The legacy of Phantasma mm -hmm. is the is the stable name. Uh, I've literally, <laughs> I've literally written. Uh, this was before the botch, so it's a. Uh, seems a little crude in retrospect i've written maverick attacks lol dumbass because he just immediately gets munched yeah. um and yeah like I, I being a baby face doesn't mean that you suddenly have no sense of tactic strategy or internal logic uh it can mean that you occasionally yeah put yourself at hazard for the greater good but there's no greater good in just attacking three men like i get yeah, that you're right three, but... three men who attacked you last week as well i think this is that i yeah I, I, the kind of sure the reckless anger i understand in sort of that's where they were going with this but i think drake coming out to challenge uh escobar from the safety of the ramp might have been a better sort of look for this and then you have escobar set his guys on him and that's when all this happens again. And then that that continues to position Drake as the the sort of the underdog babyface here because he keeps trying to go through the correct channels for things. He keeps trying to do the right thing. You know, he'd come out to congratulate Phantasma last week and then gets the uh, Escobar discovery and then taken out. And this week he comes out to be like, well, we clearly have beef. I want a match. And then gets the guy set on him and then gets taken out and then you'd, you'd be like yeah he's he is the lowest of the low now he's he's tried everything good to do and it's not stupid he's done the right thing in in terms of how you should go about your wrestling career as a babyface. this was just a very silly thing to do mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, yeah, no, uh, would would not recommend uh, rushing at three evil dudes, especially as they are like, we're going to do some bad stuff now to secure yeah. our legacy. And well, they are that's somehow three, they somehow all are twice as tall as Drake Maverick, even though they're all all three of them are also classified as cruiserweights. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I I haven't been watching two or five live, so I don't know if uh, Escobar has made the jump there yet. But I, I imagine it will after this sort of reveal of like you know the name of his his group and stuff so it'd be interesting to see what what sort of plays out over there as well or whether this is just this really is just an nxt thing now with this interim cruiserweight champion um so we then had the main main event or the second of the double main event shotzi blackheart and tegan knox versus sasha banks and bailey uh i really liked this i thought this was a lot of fun this match um Bailey was basically being just winding up Shotzi Blackheart. Bailey has acquired the ability to do the the wolf howl, uh, and that's essentially what happened for quite a lot of it. This was this was cut quite heavily by an ad break, so it sort of did that classic. You watch one, it's going one way. You come back, it's the other way. So it wasn't it wasn't quite as like it wasn't given as much time as I think it should have been given it that like it was literally 10 the last 10 minutes of the show this match and it probably could have gone 15 and been a bit better but I liked what I saw um the finale is uh Banks gets a bank statement uh and Shotzi breaks it and goes into her submission which is I don't know what it's called but it's that sort of she rolls over the back of them and and sort of hooks her arms as she's doing that Bailey's sliding into the ring with a chair which Tegan takes off her but Tegan taking the chair attack, uh, attracts the referee because they obviously only focus on the weapon once that happens. They were like, Bruh! and he just goes after that, which gives Bailey the opportunity to flip Shotzi back over, rolling all the way through back into the bank statement, which causes Shotzi to tap. I like the finish. I think that's quite clever. Uh, and, and, you know, like um, 
it's almost like video game AI uh, in that sense of like I was watching a video. I was watching Game Maker's Toolkit about this, and they said like the best video game AI has a very defined set of rules that you are allowed to cheat with and break. And I think the notion of like referees are attracted to weapons is something we've all seen in video games before. Like we've all done the bring a chair into the ring and drop it in a corner, so the video game referee goes, "Oh, the chair," and then you can do whatever <laughs> you like. This was that in like literal practice. He the, like the ref just went. Oh, the chair. No, don't do that. Don't get in the ring. Oh, the chair. Sorry, the chair's over here now. I must go over <laughs> to the other side of the ring and collect it while Bailey just gets to do whatever she wants. They're playing um, fetch. Yeah. Wait, go get it. <laughs> uh, I, I, sad, man. It's, it's heartbreaking that, you know, a year, over a year after announcing, we're going to, we're, we're the NXT, uh, we're not, we're the women's tag team champions. We're going to come back to NXT. We're going to defend them. Oh, no, we lost to the Iconics. Uh, they finally, uh, the Boston Hug Connection, came back to NXT with those belts. They would have been given the hero's welcome, but not only are there no fans, but they're also heels, so they mm -hmm. couldn't even cut a We're Back promo. Heartbreaking. Uh, good match, though, uh, and I really enjoyed uh, the post-match um, attack from Io Shirai. That was a really nice moment of just like your NXT time has passed. My NXT time is now and seeing sort of Bailey and Sasha behind the NXT logo on the floor, sort of, you know, like this is not the NXT that you knew. Uh, I thought it was really uh, a nice, a, a nice moment and something that is really good for EO as she sort of really established herself as the, as one of the faces of NXT. Yeah, I thought I think it was a really that was a really cool visual at the end. I, I like, you know, there's something quite poetic about Io Shirai hitting the double knees on Sasha Banks in the corner as well. Like in NXT, like I've taken this move and I have upped it to the nth degree. I now do it at 100 miles an hour. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think that finale was ace. I thought the match was really good. Um, yeah, it is a shame that this is sort of where history has left us uh, of what WWE decided to do with those belts. Because um, yeah, you know this this could have been the match. This could have been a match with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai at the time that Team Kick was really hot. Like, you know, this this could have been so many different permutations than just this sort of, yeah, no crowd show. Um, but as sad as it was, I think everyone went out there and did an amazing job. And the finale was really good and 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 adds a little bit more to another little cherry on top of that uh, Io Shirai NXT Women's Championship run. So that was all of NXT. Overall, I thought it was an okay edition of the show. There were some good matches. There were some fairly good segments. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement coming in the weeks ahead. I think some of the comedy didn't quite land. Uh, it'd be nice if some of the other comedy hadn't landed either, um, because then we wouldn't be worried about people's risk of infection. But that is really, you know, that's all we've got time for. Adam, what did you think of the show? Uh, not my bag this week. It, it, it was fine. Uh, I didn't think it had that standout match because normally every episode of NXT, you, you tune in and be just like, ah, lovely. Uh, lots of promise of really great matches to come, which is fine. And like you say, NXT is always good when it's kind of building towards stuff. But uh, yeah, like it didn't really do much for me. I, like the both tag team matches were good um i didn't i wasn't blown away by by anything pretty much either the men's or the women's um but yeah like decent just not really my cup of tea just with all the segments and all the kind of uh spinning wheels and yeah trying to get trying to stay out of the ring as much as possible wasn't mm -hmm. my bag I've done nothing. No, we don't. We've recorded no rolls barred, so that's uh, that was that was a lot of fun. We did that yesterday. Uh, how do you think it went? Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, so it's superheroes this time around. So that will be released for patrons next Friday, and then on next Sunday it will go up on the main channel. Uh, Parts of Unknown, which is so tantalizingly close to 100k subscribers i can taste it uh we are 1100 away so if you haven't by the way subscribed to parts of unknown yet uh please be one of the the last thousand people that pushes over the line and get us that plaque please please, please 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 no i i really liked it um uh, you and i had a little 
little something in the episode without a wanting to a tete-a-tete without wanting to, to spoil things. Uh, it was good. I got to play um, a character that I've actually sort of played before way back when. So the beta males was a sketch group I was in for for most of my 20s. And uh, we did a show called Superopolis. Uh, basically, what we used to do is we used to do sketch shows, which were all based around a common theme, like all set in a post-apocalyptic bunker uh, or all set in uh, uh, in a space race. Uh, but one of the things we did was Superopolis, which is all superhero themed sketches. And I played a character called the Quizzler. Uh, um, and he was, yes, basically just Frank Gershwin's Riddler uh, from the 60s Batman uh, and I got to play basically him again. Uh, and that was really, really fun because that was like di- diving back into my past and saying a couple of things I wish I'd said. How about you? How did you enjoy it? Oh, no, really, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I kind of wish I, I'd said more in the finale, but that's about it. Like, I think once you get to those points, you sort of, your mind kind of blanks at the moment. You're like, I should say all mm. these things about my character. But um, I think my character went in a direction. I'm hoping that I surprised a few people around the over the call when the the source of the powers and stuff was revealed um because yeah it was sort of that all spun out of one one very long conversation with tom where i was like i don't have anything tom i've got nothing for you (laughs) superhero there's too many superheroes that i like and then we just started talking about superheroes we liked and i was like cool i really like phantom x from uh the x-men and then we ended up like down this path of like what does he do? What, what kind of stuff does he have? And I was like, what if it's all, and it just went in this direction. And I, yeah, I'd really like to bring my character back at some point, um, powered or unpowered, depending on how things go. But like, I don't mind. I, I quite like us to, I also quite like us to do like a, yeah, I think the suggestion at the end of yesterday's recording was let's do a rumble with all the characters we've had <laughs> throughout this series. Um, obviously Ollie can only play Rick Thunder. So that's maybe putting that on the back burner, but um yeah, that would be really fun as well because I think we've had we've all had really like there's been some really really strong characters throughout this little you know this is now three one shots uh, and you know maybe just two hours of messing around with them isn't enough to really tease out everything there is in them but I think we've done I think we've done a stand up job and I think Tom has done a remarkable job of feeling like he's booked stories that have a beginning middle and end even though people are only really having a match a promo and a, and a main event match so yeah overall very happy with how it went i'm excited for everyone to hear it um or watch it and uh yeah I, i'm hoping if you if you like no rods bard and if you haven't already please do subscribe to parts fun Known, like we please. said because we are incredibly <laughs> close to going over one hundred thousand and getting our little medal from youtube or whatever it is they send you hopefully they send you some chocolates or something in the post as well that'd be really nice because you know it's just a little plaque is it's good but yeah i can't eat it no maybe some money if they send us some money that would be great yeah exactly thank you for being yet another one hundred thousand subscriber (laughs) on youtube the only reason youtube isn't profitable anymore is because we're paying out every time someone reaches a hundred thousand subs there's bloody loads of them as well, isn't there? Yeah. If that was the ultimate fallacy of YouTube, that would if we've cracked it, that's how you how you become profitable. Stop paying people when they get a hundred thousand. <laughs> if we work out if, if those plaques are actually made of solid silver and solid gold when you get them, that that's where the money's going. Um, well, that is all we have time for on this edition of the NXT podcast. You have the magazine show coming up tomorrow with Luke and Adam, I believe. On Saturday, you're gonna get SmackDown with Pete and Andy. And then we're back on the trail again next week with Raw on Tuesday. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.